Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this rainy and frankly disgusting Monday afternoon is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, free agency time has begun. And uh, I was going to say that the Islanders have mostly sat on the sidelines. But this morning, uh, there is a little bit of smoke uh, emanating from uh, their offices on Hempstead Turnpike. And uh, we might have some breaking news while we record this. That'd be kind of interesting. Uh, okay, so it turns out there was some breaking news, and we ended up missing it by about five minutes after Mike and I finished recording this whole episode. Uh, the Islanders made a, a rather stunning trade. They sent Devon Taves to the Colorado Avalanche for two second-round picks, one in the next draft and then one in the 2022 draft. Um, to say this was a blindside trade uh, is an understatement. We talked a lot about Taves being one of the big key RFAs to be re-signed. Uh, and now he's a member of the Avalanche. And it really, you know, it's a stunning trade, but it goes to another thing that we said to, I'm going to try and edit all this so we don't sound like we're totally uh, out to lunch. But uh, basically it comes down to the Islanders, once again, not having the sweeteners they need to make the trades with the bigger contracts. And so now that they have two second round picks to work with, wouldn't be surprising to see a Johnny Boy truck trade or maybe something else happen later on where they can sweeten and have somebody take that big contract with an extra second round pick thrown on top of it. But that's for another time. Right now, we have to deal with the Islanders losing uh, arguably their their third best defenseman. 
uh, which is going to be a pretty big blow <laughs> for them whenever the next season starts. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but when I had Arthur, when we had Arthur Staple on, like, I just had a weird feeling that Taves was, was going. Um, mm-hmm. He was, he was kind of like my dark horse pick to not be on the roster just because like you said, like the Islanders were going to need a sweetener for somebody to take on a contract. Now, I th- my thinking was that Devon Taves was going to be the sweetener. Like he, it was going to be Taves and Boychuk because, right. um, you know, Taves obviously is a good player. Uh, he's, he's still in the pro- in his prime. He's he, people forget that he is he is um, for a guy who's only been in the league now. You know, basically two seasons. He's he is a little bit older. I think he's like twenty six or twenty seven. But um, he's he's very good. Um, and I thought it would you know he would be the sweetener. I didn't realize the Islanders would be trading. Devon Taves for now, so to make a Johnny Boychuk trade possible, and it seems like the um, Lou Lamarillo is following the Mark Stahl blueprint, where he'll trade a second round pick, and I think the what he's doing is he'll get he since he got two, he'll he'll make it like a conditional second round pick, where you know if if, if they trade Boychuk to the Devils, the Devils can choose between the or one of the teams will choose whether they want it to be the twenty twenty or twenty twenty one pick, but. Um, yeah, it's it is still stunning though. I, I mean, I I kind of was prepared for for one of these players, um, not you know one of the these good players te- players you expected to to be on the team next year, not to be on the team. Um, so I, I'm not like stunned as I, and I'm not I'm not terribly disappointed just yet. I mean, I'm disappointed because I like Devon Taves and he's a great player and uh, you know he definitely makes the Islanders better, but um, I'm not disappointed until I'm not going to be totally pissed until we see the other shoe drop because obviously it's coming uh and we just kind of kind of sit back and wait to see what happens yeah i as i was telling my my friend on twitter uh who was asking what why why this happened i'm i said you know there's basically another shoe we're waiting to drop because again this is what you know there's a sweetener here and the islanders decided or couldn't really throw in one because they don't have the prospects and they don't have the picks and so yeah i get what you're saying i see my sweetener was sebastian ajo so i don't know which one of this makes the better gm i don't know (laughs) but then the islanders ended up signing him you know re-signing him uh which i don't know may have played a role in this as well but uh it's it's gonna be tough uh there's two lamorello right now is talking so if that other shoe's gonna drop uh it's gonna be later on and hopefully we don't have to record this a third time but um Lamarello is talking right now uh, on a conference call and a couple of quotes just came across my Twitter feed right here. One is um, he said, this is how everything came out. There has to be a demand or it takes two to make a transaction. Devon was an individual who was involved. Uh, That's the best way to put it. Basically what he's saying, not that he was, he also said not that he was a player targeted. That would be a disrespect to him. Basically what he's saying, I think here is that I wasn't trying to trade Devon Taves. I was trying to move somebody and we just ended up coming up on this guy being traded and this pack for these two picks, which could then be used, you know, someplace else. Cause that's what the transaction is. He also said that uh, he had a difficult conversation with Devon informing him of the trade. Uh, for those who don't know, Devon Taves was just married two days ago and apparently is on his honeymoon and was just traded, uh, which has got to be just an awesome feeling. For anybody. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, he also said, Lou said that, you know, his filing for arbitration and the unknown of how high an award uh, could go spurred the move. So basically what I think Lou was afraid of was, 
you know, Devon taking his salary arbitration all the way to, uh, you know, f- more than the Islanders could afford. And then they'd have to trade him at some point, I guess, later on. I guess if he does it now, maybe it means that they can move somebody else. Um, you'll hear later on in the episode, whether or not it st- sits there or not, uh, that Taves and Pollock uh, both s- filed for salary arbitration. So, you know, there could be something later on and, and the Islanders might end up having a second buyout window at some point. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's a tough one. And, you know, we talk a lot in the episode about teams, you know, making lots of moves and not necessarily getting any better. And this is a little bit like that. Again, we're assuming that there's another shoe that's going to drop. But right now, the Islanders are not better, especially on the left side of, of their defense. Um, Noah Dobson plays on the other side. So he's not, you know, this is a move that's going to require somebody to play on the left side. Maybe it's Andy Green comes back. Uh, maybe somebody else who knows, but um, this is a tough one. Like Taves is a really, really good player. And, and, you know, we've talked many times before about how his inclusion on the team uh, in December of, I guess, 2019 or no, 20, 2018 uh, really kicked the Islanders into high gear. He took over for an injured Thomas Hickey and, and the Islanders really at that point never looked back. Um, you know, is he a guy that, can't be replaced. I don't know necessarily about that, but you had him and you never want to get in a situation where you trade a guy and then you end up having to look for that same guy. And I feel like that might be one of these situations where the Islanders are going to look back, you know, a year from now or maybe even sooner and be like, "Hmm, you know, they really could use a a pretty steady, heady defenseman like Devon Taves back there. (laughs) Meanwhile, he's out playing for Colorado. And it should be said, by the way, that that Colorado team is, is stacked. I mean, they were stacked before they traded for Brandon Saad, by the way. Uh, and they gave up Nikita Zadorov, who frankly isn't that good. And so this is the second time in a week that Joe Sackick has has improved his team exponentially without giving up a whole lot. So uh, look out if you want to bet money on a Stanley Cup champion for whenever next season starts. I would look at the Avalanche. But uh, yeah, it's going to be tough uh, to watch um, Taves play for somebody else. And uh, I hope Lou has something up up his sleeve because this could be a big hole. <laughs> it's going to need to be filled uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think I think you you. You said it right. Like it's not he's top Dobson isn't filling in for Taves. He's gonna be filling in for for uh Boychuk when if if and when he's moved. Um and, and it looks like they'll bring back Andy Green, which you know is, is is exciting, you know, for me and all the other Andy Green fans out there. But um obviously he's he's not as good as Devon Taves, but uh it, it just it seems like a, a, just a move just if you read through kind of read between the lines that this this move was kind of just one out of necessity and the thing that sucks is like if if they traded Devon Taves you know a year six months ago six weeks whatever you know pre-pandemic they would have gotten you know they could have gotten a really good player back you know they could have if it's just like a just hypothet like a Johnny Gaudreau level kind of player like like there there's there could have been something bigger coming back for the Islanders for Devon Taves so uh, that's, that's, that's disappointing, but there's just nothing you can do. Like we're obviously living in a, in a de- much different environment now. So, uh, he is, uh, you know, no longer part of the team. You just hope that the, the second and third and fourth legs to what loose plan is kind of comes to, uh, fruition here. Cause it also needs to be said like, yes, Devontae's good player, but he, him leaving the Islanders is not, doesn't put them in like a crazy bind where, cause their defense is still very deep. Dobson will 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 come up, um, and you know with Green with with Green looking like he's coming back, 
and Sebastian Ajo and, and, you know, Bodie Wilde, Mitch Van de Sample. There, there's enough capable defensemen here that you hope they, that the, the loss, the, the blow is softened. Um, but like you said, it's just, uh, this, he's, he's, you, they had, they had a good player. They had a really good player. Uh, and now they don't. And so it is subtraction by subtraction. And, uh, that's never good. The only other thing too, is like that, as Lou, Lou said, like the, the arbitration, you know, say the award came in too high and it could have made things a little bit trickier. And then obviously Devon Taves is, is going to be a free agent, a unrestricted free agent in a couple of years or a year or whatever. So like the Islanders cap problems aren't really going away just this summer. Like they need to next right. year, I think it's like yeah. what Pelic and Mayfield and Zekas and, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's still a lot more big decisions coming down the pipeline. So it's, it's, if it's not, I'm not that surprised just because, Taves is, was probably always going to be the odd man out, um, whether it was now. And and look, like we 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 saw what happens and how mad you can be at for at a team for for not getting anything back for someone um, with Tavares. And the, the the at the very 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 least, at least there is something tangible coming back uh, before uh, you know this guy was probably going away for nothing in in whenever uh, his contract was coming up. I think if depending on what his arbitration and whatever it was settled on what during his RFA period. But yeah, not, not an easy one to, to take for sure. It's like, it's like a, you know, a body blow that you just need to like now wear uh, and hopefully you can still get through the 12 rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to have to figure out, I mean, yeah, I totally forgot about Bodie wild um, again, Aho, they just re-signed his RFA. You know, are these guys as good as Taves? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, you know, if you're, if you're looking at um, maybe a, a silver-ish lining, um, you know, we talked a couple episodes back about Taves' performance in the bubble being a, a little bit surprisingly maybe disappointing. Um, you know, if Adam Pellick um, made huge, you know, a huge impact on the Islanders when he came back and uh, Ryan Pollock uh, was was great and, and Andy Green was really, frankly, a revelation. Um uh, Taves, you know, maybe disappointed a little bit. He had some rough moments, particularly against the Lightning. I mean, who doesn't really? And the Flyers. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe the the team saw uh, a weakness there that you know they could again probably get something for now. Um, but Taves is a good player. Like, let's let's be honest. Like, he was he's had two really outstanding seasons with the Islanders, and and he will be missed. And uh, yeah, hopefully, um, whatever shoe drops now. And again, as we say a lot of times in the, the episode, and again, I'm going to try and edit it. So hopefully it all sounds like cohesive. Um, we have no idea when this next season is going to start. So there's a million things that could happen between now and then. And maybe Taves is replaced by somebody who who's more capable or better, or the Islanders make a bunch of more moves and, and, you know, augment their offense, which, you know, again, was a problem last year. Uh, we know they're going to have a Sorokin in goal, which, you know, could, could mitigate things as well. So, but, uh, you know, whenever you get a trade like this, it just comes out of nowhere. It's really shocking. And it, it's a totally different circumstance, totally different trade, totally different team, totally different era. But it's like the Matt Molson thing. Like, I mean, I I, I think it was like a four days before I was finally over it. And I stopped questioning it and thinking about it. Like, it just, I just, I'll never forget sitting on my couch and all of a sudden Matt Molson was a Buffalo Sabre. And was like, what? For another guy who's a UFA? And it was just one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. And, you know, if this is, I don't know if this will be the same case again. We don't know what when the next season is going to start. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a weird feeling. It's a very odd, 
know, it feels like I did a lot. Whereas really, I never left my chair. I'm sitting in front of my computer, same spot I was in when the trade went down. So I don't know why I feel so out of breath, but uh, it's pretty wild. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to really make of it. We'll probably have more nuanced uh, uh, analysis at some other point. But right now, it's just sort of like, dude, what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and the in the one uh, the one kind of common thread among those trades is that incarcerated Bob was on the uh, was on the trail before anybody else again, which is uh, something. Uh, it's, it's something else. That's a there's a strange sports Twitter thing. But the uh, the, the thing is like like well, it's it's going to suck for you know a couple hours or days until whatever. Uh, whatever happens happens with the rest of the uh, kind of moving parts, but it's the Islanders, they got a little bit worse right now. So, but you hope that, you know, that it's, it's one step back for two forward and not just three back. Right. Uh, it also does not help being on Twitter at moments like this. Uh, <laughs> where everybody's like, yeah. ah, ah. everybody turns into Nelson months from the golden, from the Simpsons, <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, yeah, we'll just have to kind of, Wait and see. Uh, okay, so uh, that's our uh, shocked look at the yeah, Devon Taves trade. Uh, we now send you back to your regularly scheduled and previously recorded podcast. Uh, I, you know, again, this was recorded moments before that trade went down. So if anything sounds a little bit like you know crazy, uh, we didn't know. What are you going to do? So there you go. Uh, so thanks a lot, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I had a feeling. That the that the way this was going to go with the, for the Islanders was going to go one or two ways. Like, like either Lou was going to do something crazy off the bat and uh, kind of set the market, but uh, he, he kind of was beaten to that. And then or the other option was to do to do that and kind of uh, you know be the late closer and pick up the pieces uh, of this frenzy. Because and I mean that's that's what I'm hoping. I because uh, otherwise we're going to be looking at kind of the same team uh, almost almost to a T for for 2021 and. Uh, not that that team was bad, but you do hope that they're they're recognizing that there's a window here and, and can kind of supplement what what happened uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, the general theme, and it's going to keep popping up over and over again, is the Islanders' lack of uh, open cap space. We talked about this last week. They have three key RFAs to sign: Matt Barzell, Ryan Pollock, and Devon Taves, uh, and not a whole lot of room to sign them. They have just under nine million dollars. Um, you know, the first casualty, and this will be a good way to segue into the guy you were talking about just now. Um, we all assume that the first casualty of their cap situation would be Thomas Grice, who, you know, A, he's been replaced essentially by Ilya Sorokin. But B, you know, that his $2 million or whatever it was salary coming off the books is kind of a big deal. Um, but the problem was that that leaves them with basically just three goalies in their entire system. Sorokin, Simeon Varlamov, who more or less became a starter throughout the playoff run. And Jacob Scarrick, who I think spent most of the time in the ECHL last year. Uh, And I don't think anybody realized that because we've been so focused on the whole Sorokin thing that we forgot that they don't really have a whole lot of other goalies. Christopher Gibson walked away. Uh, Linus Soderstrom was not given a qualifying offer. And so all of a sudden, the Islanders have no goalies. And they all of a sudden uh, today, Pierre Lebrun, just after noon, tweeted out that he's hearing that the Islanders are finalizing a deal with unrestricted free agent netminder Corey Schneider, uh, who had been bought out by the Devils recently. Uh, LeBron wrote that there's the obvious connection between Schneider and Lou Lamorello. Happy to see Schneider get a chance to continue his career, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, this kind of sent a lot of Islanders fans off into like, 
you know, weird tangents about what this meant for Varlamov and what this meant for Sorokin. And he's going to go back. I feel like this is strictly an AHL deal. It hasn't happened yet. Sounds like it probably is going to, but it feels like this is a strictly AHL situation. Corey Schneider has been banged up a lot the last couple of years and, you know, playing in Bridgeport gives him a chance to establish his career, get healthy. Certainly gives the Islanders a veteran netminder for their uh, farm team. And that's basically about it. I mean, we'll know once a lot more once the numbers come out. But as, no matter how much how little cap space they had, they do need bodies. And uh, this would be a, you know a pretty a pretty good one to pick up. And then God forbid something happens to the other two guys, they could call Schneider up and get a veteran backup. So I, I think it's a lot simpler than people want to make it out to be. Um, but it was a surprise because yeah, I don't think anybody had Corey Schneider on there. Islanders sort of wish list <laughs> coming and, into and this. It's so obvious too because we we keep talking about like when per, the Parisi thing was happening and then Andy Green and it's like oh Lou has his guys obviously and, and Corey Schneider is obviously one of Lou's guys. So when he was bought out by the Devils, it it should have you know triggered a thought in someone's head somewhere that you know he, he would make sense as kind of the third the third goalie for the Islanders. Um, and that's all it is. I mean that's how you have to look at the the deal. Like you you, you said it right. It's not. Corey Schneider's not coming in here to challenge uh, Varlamov and Sorokin right, for, exactly. for, for the starting yeah. goal. I mean, you know, if he if if this was 2013, maybe he would be, but it's uh, 2020, and he's coming off some really bad years and injury riddle years. But by all accounts, he seems to be one of like the really, um, you know, it's, it's uh, not just a good guy, but he he seems like very uh, to think the game. And, and like have his kind of finger on the pulse of the league itself. Uh, I just remember his name like popping up during like labor talks and stuff like that. And people talking about him being, you know, the kind of like a, a good, um, you know, compass and that kind of stuff. But uh, it, it just makes the deal. Like I, when it first happened, I was like, wow. Cause you, you just never, I never pictured Corey Schneider as an Islander uh, as a part of the, the, the Islander organization. And and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like the, the deal makes so much sense on so many levels not just because he's a Lou guy, but just because it's here, here's a team that, you know, is first of all, you need three goalies in the NHL. Like you, you need somebody to be able to fill in if, if somebody gets hurt and it happens all the time. We see teams do it, you know, lose both goalies and, and, you know, you got Jared Carell or whoever the, you know, Jake Ottinger of the world, you know, they got to fill in um, for someone. So you need a third goalie. It doesn't need to be, you know, someone who was a former all-star or, uh, you know, at one point a $7 million goalie, but uh, it, it's just like, it's a perfect bounce back opportunity for him in a place that he should be comfortable with uh, an organization over the past three now will soon to be the third year that's shown the ability to, to, to work on, to, to get the best out of goaltender. So like if, yeah. if Corey Schneider plays well in Bridgeport, that's a good problem to have, right? We're not, this is, mm. this isn't, you need to look at it that way. It's it's a Bridgeport. This guy's going to start in Bridgeport, or uh, because the Islanders don't have any other goalies. And if he plays well, that's good because that just means that you know if if Sorokin takes time to to adjust to the NHL, you know maybe you you, you have a guy waiting in the wings. If Varlamov gets hurt, Sorokin gets hurt. Like that, it's not a bad thing to have this guy um, if he's playing well. And if he's not, like it's not a huge deal either because he'll be in Bridgeport. So. Uh, it's actually a shrewd move that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go, you know, Leafs level uh, saying this is a, you know, Jimmy Vesey on $700,000 deal is the best contract I've I've seen. But I think it's just, a, if you're looking at it from the lens of the Islanders, it's just a shrewd move uh, to, to make. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. Or, I'm, you know, I'm not, I shouldn't say thrilled. I'm, I'm happy about this, this signing. 
if it comes. Yeah. And again, this is all predicated on learning what the actual dollar value is, but I can't imagine Lou is going to spend a lot of money in cap space that he doesn't have on a goalie that's going to spend most of his time. Uh, yeah, in it's a one-way contract. We'll start this podcast over and, and re-record and I'll yeah. be very mad. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Um, but, uh, you know, other thing too, Schneider, again, he's been injured a lot last couple of seasons. His, his you know, save percentage had started declining throughout his time in New Jersey, but you got to wonder about the team itself, which quite frankly was not very good. He's also 34, um, but he's also a Massachusetts guy. So you wonder if, you know, playing in Bridgeport, you know, he probably is a little bit closer to the place he grew up. So uh, I, I think it's a good deal, again, assuming that it, it's a pretty low on the uh, the money list. And, um, and, you know, it still leaves room for Lou to operate. And he's still going to need to, because again, that, that cap space, even without Schneider, isn't going to be enough to sign the three RFAs that he's got to sign. And another interesting tweet from that came out just before the Schneider tweet from Pierre Lebrun was one from Dave Pagnotta of the fourth period. It's pretty clued in. He's he's had some scoops before that turned out to be true. And um, he wrote that uh, uh, Nate Schmidt and, and Vegas might be working out a trade at some point. But uh, he also wrote that hearing the Islanders have been working on trading Johnny Boychuk. We'll see if that develops. Um, you know, and again, this all goes back right to the cap space situation. Like it's somebody is going to have to go if it means opening up cap space. And Johnny Boychuk, who I believe is making, uh, I have cap friendly up right here. Uh, I'll explain why in a little bit. Uh, I believe is making $6 million the this year and next, um, you know, would be a guy who could be moved in order to open up a lot of cap space. Now, you know, who would want Johnny Boychuk at that at that clip? I have absolutely no idea. There were some rumblings that uh Winnipeg was looking for some D. Uh yeah, Johnny Boychuk, six million this year and next year. Um his base salary is actually only his, his total salary is only four million. Um, but his cap hit is six million. So maybe it might be senators might be looking at somebody like that because they love guys like that. <laughs> the old uh lower payout, higher cap hit type guys. Uh that's a that's they usually have Ottawa Senators written all over them. Um but, you know, it what happens, what might happen is that um, in order to get somebody to take Boychuk in that big salary, the Islanders might have to throw in a sweetener. And uh, that is another thing that they're woefully short on. Uh, actually, before all of this happened, Arthur Staple uh, posted a, an article at The Athletic that is a quick read, but I think a very important one because it sets up exactly what the Islanders are looking at here. Salary dumping is hard because normally it requires a sweetener. The Rangers, we saw traded Mark Stahl to Detroit and they threw in like a second round pick. The Islanders don't have a second round pick next year. And that's kind of a high, a high thing to throw on there. But if you want to take, if you want some other team to take that big salary dude that you need to get off your books, that's what you got to throw out there. So who knows what could come of that could be nothing could be something we don't know. And that's another breaking news we might see uh, in a little bit. But, um, you know, I think if, if Johnny Boychuk is traded, we'd probably have an episode that discusses, him. We could probably have an episode talking about Thomas Grice. We should probably talk about him at the end of this episode. Yeah. I didn't even totally forgot about him. But, um, you know, uh, that's another thing that that would that Lou would need to do unless he can somehow get those three RFAs signed uh, within that $9 million space. Now, two of them have signed filed for filed salary arbitration already, Devon Taves and Ryan Pollock. It took a few days, which is what this whole episode is going to be about. It took a few days, <laughs> but the Islanders are still starting to come to life now and make some moves. And, you know, waiting those first couple of days probably wasn't the worst thing in the world, because honestly, 
a lot of those deals, we'll talk about some bad ones in a second, but a lot of these deals have been really kind of just very vanilla, you know, very reasonable deals. A lot of guys signing one year, $1 million contracts. And it stands to reason that a very strange season would give way to a very strange off season. Um, and guys are taking less money just to, to sign. And, and there's also a lot of guys out there still waiting. So yeah, it is, it is more fun when your team's like in there throwing punches and throwing money around and splashing cash. But, uh, it's uh, it's just it was never going to happen this this off season. I I did think that by this time we'd have like at least some kind of mover or shaker uh, move that would come, whether it be you know a buyout or a trade or something. But yeah, like you said, like it's it's this it's not like the Islanders are a Taylor Hall deal. Not with like Taylor Hall and Alex Petrangelo, two players who were the Islanders. I mean, they were never going to sign Petrangelo and. Sure, if you, I, I mean, I kind of was hoping that the island they they maybe kicked the tires on Hall, but it was I knew it was a long shot to begin with. But uh, you know that those two guys, notwithstanding, it's it's like you said, it's very vanilla. Like it feels like like a nineteen ninety nine free agent class, like Jason okay. Allison's out there or something like that. It's just like very these players are they're middle six players, they're middle pair defensemen that are signing. Uh, it seems like there there are a lot of teams that are a lot more active than the Islanders and. I mean, that, that can be frustrating, especially from, you know, we're fans, like fans, naturally, you want to see, you know, the, the excitement of, of new players and trades and whatever, and uh, watching other teams kind of be involved while your team is not, is, isn't, isn't particularly fun, but uh, it does, it, like the dust was, it, it, like you said, like a dust is going to settle and the Islanders are going to do something because they have to, like, it's really hard to imagine that, uh, you know, Lou Lamarillo is not just sitting at, at, you know, Vincent's clam bar or whatever and, and not doing anything. He's, he's obviously working trying to figure something out and uh if if the islanders can find a way to get johnny boychuk's contract off the books like as as much as as he's a you know endeared himself to long island and the islanders uh it's kind of one of those business moves that it's it's a sad way for a a great islander career to end but it would be a, a huge deal as long as he's not giving up you know, a huge sweetener with it. It's uh, if he can find uh, someone to take it with, without really uh, taking another step back in the future. So be it. Uh, That'd be good. But this is a team that needs tweaking, not, you know, overhaul. And we're still going to, there's still so much time left. We don't even know when the season is going to start. So. Yeah, that's a key thing. I should have mentioned that up front. We have absolutely no idea whoever signs anywhere. We have absolutely no idea when they're going to, put that new Jersey on for the first time. Like that's the thing. And I have a feeling that's probably why a lot of guys are also going to sit and wait because they don't know when they're going to play either. Um, and you know, it's, it's, again, it's been a very weird off season. Um, but yeah, there, there haven't been any too many, like, ah, uh, you know, like kind of moments, the Taylor hall thing is a whole separate issue entirely. Uh, you know, he, I don't know if, if you may have heard already, um, late Sunday night, it was announced, via a bunch of insiders that of all the teams that had kind of pitched to hall, he chose the Buffalo Sabres and their $8 million uh, for one year over the likes of Colorado who offered him a little bit less and a couple of other teams. It doesn't sound like the Islanders were involved at all. Um, You know, that that's a decision that's on Taylor hall. Like that's not him, you know, spurning the Islanders. Uh, that's him spurning basically everybody. And and like when you sit, when you say stuff like, you know, I just want to go to a place and win. And then you sign with a team that hasn't made the playoffs in nine years. It does kind of come off as a little bit weird <laughs> and take people by surprise. Um, and so that that's more on him than, than anything else. Um, yeah. Petrangelo was never going to come here. You know, Craig Smith was a guy we kind of joked about 
maybe the Islanders being possibly, you know, interested in, and, and he, he always kills the Islanders. So why wouldn't they want to sign him and hopefully get him the hell off the ice and try and use that harness, that power for their own ends. Um, and they did apparently call, but they couldn't offer as much as the Bruins who, who ended up signing him. Uh, so now he can victimize them on the team that victimizes them the most. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, for just around the league, the Rangers signed a bunch of depth guys, uh, Keith Kincaid, one of them, uh, again, AHL guy, people were like freaking out. He's going to play in the AHL. Like it's really not, you know, uh, that it's not rocket science. I'm sure it's not. He's a, it's weird seeing a guy who one of the few vocal, I grew up an Islanders fan guys in the NHL sign with the Rangers, but what are you going to do? Uh, maybe, maybe he was signing for less than, uh, than uh, Schneider would sign for. Um, who else? Um, Brayden Holtby wasn't going to sign here. Henrik Lundqvist wasn't going to sign here. Most of the goalies were were really the kind of big names. Oh, Kevin Shattenkirk is yet, yet another team he signed with um, with uh, the Ducks. Oh, Wayne Simmons was one. Uh, he was one of the early ones. He signed with the Leafs for one year, one million. Um, you know, I, I don't think he was going to come here as maybe a guy you thought, eh, you know, maybe that might be something. But um, he's been connected to the Islanders in the past, but it's not, you know, I'm not going to cry over Wayne Simmons, but I do want to pause on him for one second because I, I think I really do have to say that. So the one year, 1 million, I've always been a fan of Wayne Simmons. He was a good player for the Flyers for a long time. He killed the Islanders in a lot of games. Clearly, you know, father time has taken its, his hold on him. He's not quite the same player he was, um, but you know, one year, one just a shade over 1 million, that's totally fine, you know, if he's going to play. And, and the Leafs have been getting, you know, I think rightly some, you know, praise for that. Okay, this isn't too bad. But let me ask you this, and let me ask our faithful listenership this. If Lou Lamorello was still the general manager of the Maple Leafs and signed Wayne Simmons very early in the first day of free agency to a one-year, one-point-something million-dollar contract, do you still think the Leafs would be getting praised the way they have been for the one that they gave Wayne Simmons? Because... I don't think they would be. I think it'd be like a lot of the Dubas crew being like, oh, fine, but maybe we can bury him in the AHL and trade him for a conditional six at the deadline or, you know, buy him out. I don't get why you'd sign this guy. I don't understand. And then they list, you know, 38 guys in the ECHL, whatever, you know, team that Leafs have that could probably fill that spot better than 59 year old Wayne Simmons. But in any event, I just thought that was kind of funny. It, it, <laughs> is, you know, it's funny it, that the Leafs have signed a lot of a lot of Lou guys. Like a lot of guys, you'd think, oh, that's right. I'm real, like Zach Bogosian. Zach Bogosian, oh, no, it's yeah, totally cool because Dubis did it. You know, he's he's right. You know, it's it's been fun to read. You know, the, those it, it's always fun to read. Uh, if you're if you're masochistic like I am, I guess uh, if, to read Leafs Twitter and and just see how they're handling. You know, each signing, it's like. Oh wow! Like you know, this guy really fits in here perfectly. It makes it does make the Leafs. That's the new the new slogan for the offseason is that the Leafs want to be harder to beat. Um, so Zach Bogosian makes the Leafs harder to beat. Wayne Simmons makes the Leafs harder to beat. Jimmy Vesey, whoever. And uh, it's just it is hilarious because you know that if Lou Lamar, even if 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 Lamarillo signed Bogosian for the Islanders, you know it would be wow. Look, this guy just totally doesn't get it. He's still so out of touch with with the way the game's going. Uh, Zach Bogosian instead of you know, he's going to take away ice time from 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 Noah Dobbs and, and instead you know since he signed with the Leafs it's perfect you know six pair defenseman he's great he, he'll be like the perfect partner for whatever young defenseman that he's going to play with 
to, to grow and learn defensive responsibility because, you know, he's a defenseman and I guess hasn't learned that yet, even though he's been drafted into the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> I, guess, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's been fun. And, and, they, and it also seems like they're signing a hundred players. Um, yeah. You know, they, they signed Jimmy VZ and uh, you're like, how, how is this possible? They, they don't Travis Boyd. They Travis also Boyd, signed, yeah. Another yeah. guy who Travis Boyd, who's played what 11 NHL games and has, done nothing you know he's he's just been around basically he's been an in-betweener and and all of a sudden he's like wow everyone's everyone's model rates him real high because right they got the dubis factor oh uh, and um who was the other guy i just saw him the defenseman oh tj brody tj brody yeah so tj brody good nhl player and and it's just funny that these guys like teach so the brody deal was the one i was actually most mad about just because he's good and you know, you don't like to see the Leafs sign good players, but he was uh, the first thing that happened after TJ Brody signed was um, they they tweeted a picture of him like playing mm, youth hockey right. in like a Leafs thing, and which was nice because like a, a four or five hours earlier, um, Leafs lunch or whoever was on TSN at the time was discussing if uh, John Tavares' contract was a bad idea. And everybody was oh like, yeah, oh man, I totally forgot. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Was that was the best. Yeah. Everybody said you know it was a bad idea. This you know. It, it, if you look in hindsight, it's a bad idea. And, and it's just, we talked about it with the Steve Simmons article. It's, it's, it's happening so much earlier than you thought. And a lot of it has to do with the, the flat cap and, and, and extenuating circumstances. But just the fact that John Tavares now has this added, even more added weight onto his shoulders is great. And, uh, you know, it's somebody, it's, as, as people keep pointing out, like it's the, the, John Tavares has played well for the Leafs, but he still is isn't he's not doing enough, which is great. It's just mm. it's perfect. Um, and and the other good news, I mean, uh, we could talk about this a little more uh, after after you, you get some punches in on John. Is that uh, the the Rangers signed Jack Johnson, which was like another great thing to happen. Like, I think it was Colin Stevenson of Newsday just tweeted out a quote from, I guess the Rangers. Uh, press thing saying that uh, their plan is to use Johnson on the PK, which is like now you can start rubbing your hands together. Like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> like, can't wait to see this guy who's a, objectively one of the worst defensemen in the league trying to penalties. Earlier, everybody was like Jeff Gordon; he's the best GM ever, and it's the only yeah. person that was like, uh, you know, pump your brakes. Besides, you know, Islander fans and uh, other fans was Brian Burke was like. Yeah, I would be the GM of the year too if I won the lottery. Two yeah, years in the a lottery. Row and had you know Artemi Panarin basically just wait every other team out and sign for me. So it was it's it's nice that 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 that's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. You know, dump some cold water on the Definitely. the Jeff Gordon parade. The Rangers, yeah, they signed Jack Johnson and like a bunch of other middling guys like um, Anthony Potato, who's a Long Island guy, who's a Rangers guy a fan growing up apparently. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like middling. It's good. It's been a good year to be sort of a middling to bad defenseman because these guys can take that that cheap contract and walk away and you know provide depth for somebody. But at the same time, it's like really why I don't understand. Um, but uh, with the Tavares thing, though, um, it was by the way Brody is is not cheap. Like he's five, it's he's making five million. That's his cap hit for I believe a four year contract. Um, so, you know, that better work out because if it doesn't, the Leafs are going to be right back in the same spot in the next off season. Um, the Tavares thing, by the way, that's the thing, like the Leafs, the Leafs, need, yeah. it needs to work out like this year for the Leafs right. in, in the next two years for this the can't be, um, this can't be, uh, Tyson Barry 2.0. Like they thought he was going to be the next, uh, you know, great pickup and 
they were running them out of town a month into the season. So um, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to put a link to that TSN thing because um, like a lot of years, you know, they did the uh, the video thing where everybody was kind of sitting around talking uh, free agent frenzy style. But there was nothing going on. I mean, when Jack Johnson is the biggest name that that got signed that day it's pretty bad. And so they veer off into these weird tangents. And one of them was talking about the Tavares contract. And Mike Johnson was like, no, it was not worth it. And Craig button was like, I never liked that deal. And I immediately felt like pulling the receipts that I'm sure I have somewhere (laughs) (laughs) showing that Craig button is lying through his teeth. Um, but uh, Carlo Koliakovo was the only one, former Leafs player, was the only one who was like, of course it was a good deal. And then he had absolutely nothing to back it up with other than like, he came home and it was a great story. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Guy. And so basically the, 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 the verdict was not a good deal, but in any event, um, what was the other one? Oh yeah. So, and speaking of other bad deals, um, Matt Murray was traded from the senators, from the penguins, the senators, senators need a goalie. Penguins need to get rid of a goalie. Senators need <laughs> bodies to take up cap space. Cause they're, they're barely scraping the floor and they immediately signed, Murray to a four-year contract that pays him, I think, six and a half million a year, which, you know, for the senators, again, they need they need to pay people. And, you know, Murray's got the two rings on his his resume, which is great. But if you know, if he puts up another nine hundred something save percentage next season, it's gonna look like an awfully long four years. Uh, that could be a problem too. And then the Josh Anderson one was another eyebrow raiser. Canadians acquired Winger Josh Anderson from the Blue Jackets in exchange for uh, center Max Domi and immediately signed him to a seven-year contract that is paying him quite a bit of money. Um, and, you know, to get, you know, Josh Anderson's a pretty good player, but boy, seven years. Oh, yeah, he's making five and a half. So he basically got the Andrew Ladd. Uh, he's a lot younger, uh, which is good and could be a lot better than Andrew Ladd, but that's a pretty big commitment for a guy who's never played for your team. You don't know when he's going to start the season and just spent the last year hurt for the most part. So um, yeah, that was the other, the other big eyebrow raiser. That was funny. Um, I thought the trade was itself was all right for the, yeah. for the Canadians. I was like, Oh, you, you know, obviously Max Domi didn't want to play there anymore. And they had limited options. I got a decent return for him. And then they go ahead and hand out that contract. And the first thing I thought was like, Oh God, like if, if Josh Anderson is signing an Andrew Ladd deal, Maybe, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to see some crazy money get thrown around during free agency and it just never really happened. Like That was about it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the the weird, like going back to that VC deal, like Jimmy VC signing for 700000 is, it, it like just stuck out to me because uh, not not that he's a terribly good player or anything, just that you know, probably last, if he, if this was last uh, summer, he would probably be getting, you know, 1.8 for that same kind of thing and. Uh, so it's just it's been startling to see some of these like one year one million dollar contracts being handed out to to players who yes like they're not great but it, you know the the way that the the league was going pre pandemic it was these guys were making a lot more money uh, even on these one year deals uh, so it's uh it's yeah, it's really strange uh, it's been strange yeah. but the there there's been uh, there's been a, like just a lot of like I don't I can't think of one team that has really particularly gotten better like at all right i was is, just gonna say which is yeah. never really the case usually we have like jim nil you, you always like to bring up the joke that jim nil wins the offseason like every offseason and we haven't had really that at all i mean you could say the sabers i guess because taylor hall is a damn good player but um mm. 
like the, they also picked up Eric Stahl. Right. Yeah. And but still, you look at the, they're the Sabers. Right. Yeah. You look at the team. You're like, well, that's good, but they're you know there's still a lot of problems here. Um, and then you got yeah. Bill, Bill Guerin, who's like, I don't know, trade drunk basically. I don't know what, what he, <laughs> it's just it's there's so much weird stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, the teams that have made the, the I think the most impactful or the you know the the biggest eye popping moves so far. Um, yeah, the Sabers. But again, you look at that roster and you're like, mm, Carter Hutton is still in goal. They still have a very, very, very bad defensive unit. They're probably still going to miss the playoffs with Taylor Hall or without, unless they just win every game eight to seven. I don't know. Um, you know, the Oilers, I mean, the the Leafs, yeah, they swapped out Cody Ceci for TJ Brody, which is very good. But, you know, you still got Frederick Anderson in there who gives up backbreaking goals seemingly every every playoff year, you know, and it, and the, still the front, you know, the, they're a front-loaded team with, with very limited sort of lower depth on the on the roster. The Rangers, you know, yeah, okay, they added Alexis Lafreniere and but even um you know Rangers number 1 cheerleader Larry Brooks is he said in the column he's very confused by the defense and the the depth. You know, they they got a great top 6, but outside of that and and the goalies are good, but outside of that, I mean, what what the hell even is this team? Um and then the Oilers made a bunch of splashy moves too. They they picked up Tyson Barry who was run out of Toronto um, who, they re-signed Mike Smith for some reason. I don't. I think know that's why. my favorite signing of the whole the whole <laughs> off season. Um, and so yeah, they're going to run out the same goaltending tandem there. Um, oh, they they brought back Jesse Puliyarvi finally from from Europe. Um, and uh, oh, and they got Kyle Turris who had bought who had been bought out by Nashville. And so like you know those guys are are pretty good players, and that's fine except for Mike Smith. But you look at the goal, and it's like we're still running Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen out there. Like, so are they better? I, I don't, I don't think so. What's I, up? I just can't believe that. That's how they, they settled, you know, like Ken Holland is a smart guy. There's a thousand goalies. out there. Right. That's the thing. That's There's a million just, goalies this year. <laughs> like even, even if you had to trade for an one, you might as well just go do it and be like, all right, like let's just bite the yeah. bullet and trade a fifth round pick for somebody right. who's better than these two guys. Right. Like Miko Koskinen was fine last year, but he's, you're going to ask these, these two to split eight or whatever, how many games they play. Like you're, you're just, if you poor, poor, uh, Connor, Connor McDavid's probably like, I can't imagine like when, when he, uh, when he saw whoever tweet that Mike Smith got, uh, resigned that he probably was like, all right, this is definitely a fake account. And then uh, it was real. And then it was like, oh God, yeah. I'm going to have to score six um, goals again. Again. I, yeah. You're going to have to, there's no other option. Um, and then, you know, with the caps and, and Canucks, um, they, they basically signed new goalies. So the caps got a Henrik Lundqvist and the Canucks signed Braden Holtby. And those guys, you know, I mean, there's still a little bit left in the tank, certainly for Holtby for sure. But I mean, are they much better? The, the Canucks then went and lost Tyler Toffoli, who just signed with the Canadians just before we came on. They lost uh, Troy Stetcher and they lost uh, somebody else too. Uh, oh, Chris, Jacob Markstrom, yeah, and Chris Tanev. Like they, yeah. After uh, talk about building momentum on a uh, on a nice playoff run, right? You like right. You lose. Not not that you know Markstrom kind of aside. Not that any of those guys are really like noteworthy players, but you're just why why I don't understand why you wouldn't you know you got money to to pay Tyler Toffoli, but. <laughs> and then the Lundqvist Capitals thing is, I think, is funny just because you're going to have Ovechkin and, and Lundqvist together kind of both on the wrong side of career mountain. Obviously, Ovechkin's still pumping in goals at, at, at an exorbitant rate. But uh, it's with Laviolette, it's just a, it's that team is just going to be super weird uh, mm. just because yeah. it's, it's it's basically the Metropolitan or the Atlantic Division, you know, 
All-Stars from 2005 to 2010 with Laviolette, Ovechkin, and uh, uh, with Lundqvist. Uh, is Brooks Orpik still there? Or is he? Is he? No, he, but it feels like he probably he should, should be. be yeah. He should be. Yeah, uh, some Penguin definitely should be on. Yeah, that, it's like Eric know. Fair should be centering their fourth yeah. line, and <laughs> they, they they should do something. But it, right. yeah, it's like, but they didn't get better, and it's it's yeah, you know, the, the, then you have the Red Wings doing what the Red Wings are doing. It's it's no no team. There's just yeah. been no no team that's really taken a huge step forward once right. again outside of Sabers. So it's just yeah. hopefully maybe the Islanders are going to be that team that. Because there's so many moving parts, but that also means there's a lot of possibilities for the Islanders, which is kind of exciting. And I know that like there was there were some rumblings about the Jets perhaps being a landing spot for for Nick Letty. Um, they need they need defensemen pretty badly, and I think they can absorb his contract. And they they have some discontent uh, f- restrictive free agents, or at least one with Jack Roslovich. And so there's there's just still a lot of pathways for the Islanders to explore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it would be very funny if you know, and I hadn't. I don't know why I hadn't thought about it until just now. But it would be very funny if you know the the boy Chuck Letty day is, is such a quantum leap for this team. It was such a big deal. You know, we've talked about it a lot on this show that it really kind of pushed the Islanders from yeah, these guys aren't that bad to being like, wow, these guys are actually going to be pretty good. Uh, it would be funny if the other end of that would be both of those guys getting traded and the Islanders becoming one of the more improved teams of this off season. So as opposed to, you know, they, they, they acquire them and they become one of the more improved teams of that season and they, you know, get rid of them and they become one of the more improved teams of this off season. That would be a very funny way to, to end their tenures here. Uh, I'm not trying to push either of them out the door, but I could kind of see that a scenario where that happened. Cause uh, yeah, so far there's a lot of teams making a lot of moves. And I mean, Calgary was another one that just came to mind where it was like, you know, every, it seemed like every half hour they announced another signing, and every one of my Flames fan friends were like, "Ugh, why? Why is this happening? What is going on right now?" Uh, so yeah, hasn't been a situation like that. Um, okay, we're gonna uh, take a break, and we're gonna switch gears, and we're talking about one guy who did leave the Islanders, who uh, you know we kind of expected to, and we could sing his praises a little bit, and then uh, talk about uh, that big old arena that's going up, that's uh, looking pretty good so far. So uh, give us a minute, and come right back. All right, thanks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. New England Whalers, Long Island Ducks, New York Golden Blades, Albany Choppers. I was talking to my... uh, 
my nephew this weekend who goes to the University of Albany. Uh, they got Albany Chopper shirts there, so check those out. Uh, they also have our Lighthouse Hockey Al Arbor t-shirts, uh, and our portion of the sales of that shirt go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Uh, you could use the code Lighthouse15 to save 15% off your order, uh, and it all happens at VintageIceHockey.com, so check that out today. Um, and yeah, so I totally forgot about Thomas Grice, which really, if you're going to sum up his Islanders career... Uh, it's, that's a pretty apt thing to do. Uh, he signed this weekend with the Detroit Red Wings. I believe a two year contract. I don't know the money. It doesn't really matter. Um, and he leaves the Islanders as one of the best goalies statistically that the team has ever had. He signed as a backup to Yaro Halak five years ago. By the end of that season, he was leading the Islanders to their first playoff win in 23 seasons and just was about the most calmest, most, like sort of stoic, non-emotional goalie, I think anybody will ever see play ever. And, you know, he had multiple coaches with the Islanders and every one of them said basically the same thing. I could tell Grice when he's going to play that day, a week before, it doesn't matter. And he'll just go in and do his best. And that is a, a, a skill that not a lot of goalies in particular have. And it served the Islanders well for, Five years, and again, he leaves. He what what signed is a very cheap backup contract. A guy who's been bounced around the league for a while ends up leaving as statistically one of the best goalies they've ever had. And it's a little bit bittersweet. Again, we kind of knew about it with the whole Sorokin thing. And I think you know most Islanders fans wish him a ton of luck in Detroit because boy, is he going to need it because that team is not good. <laughs> um, but uh, anybody that watched him over the last few years is definitely not going to forget the calm and and just the rise of Thomas Grice, which was a really remarkable thing to witness uh, in a very quiet, understated German way. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a moment during the playoffs um, where there was like a fracas developing. I think it was against uh, the flyers in front of the bench. And, you know, Bush was saying like, wow, this is crazy. And the, the Edzo and everyone in the booth, they were all going nuts. And they're talking about the Islanders yelling to the, the flyers bench and the flyers bench yelling back to the Islanders and there's Thomas Grice just like sitting in the middle of all this, like just not even, you know, wincing or changing the way he looks at all. And then I think actually Boucher, to his credit, did say like, you know, that is kind of the guy Thomas Grice is and why he's been so good for the Islanders. He's just, does, he's unflappable. And that's really been it. And I remember when, when he had, he had a, that bad year during Doug Wade hockey, because, you know, everybody did. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and every, 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 even like the, the underlying stats were, were not treating him well at all. And, uh, he, he kind of got, um, I guess, like, harp, lamp, lambasted as, like, a bad goalie, you know, like, during the Islanders, like, season preview for, they had Leonard and Grice, and people are like, well, like, you know, if, if Leonard, the Leonard experiment doesn't work out, like, they don't have much backup because Thomas Grice is coming off a terrible year, and it was frustrating to me because those previews and people who were, you know, pundits who were breaking down the Islanders missed, kind of missed the plot that, yeah, but the years before that, Grice was super solid, and goalies do have bad years, and sometimes they're blips, and sometimes they're not. So let's maybe this could be a blip, and it turned out it was. And he's just been like just one of the most consistent guys that uh, the, the island players, like not just goaltenders, that the Islanders have had in decades. And it's it's fitting that he's going to Detroit because they're kind of harmless uh, to the Islanders right now. And I say that, and you know, watch Detroit go on a miracle run or whatever but like right now they're they're harmless so you, it's like almost like front when, when franz nielsen left it feels like kind of similar uh, obviously because of the landing spot and and this is the type of guys they are um that 
it's just it's it's you'll, you'll be rooting for him and you can't like you, it's not like he's Henrik Lundqvist playing for the Capitals where it's going to kind of hurt a little bit to root for him uh he's he's going to be in Detroit and that's a team that like I said it's harmless and you hope that he he gets uh he has some success and kind of winds down his career in in, in a uh in like a in a good manner just because he deserves it and uh he he, he deserves when when they, when they come back to to get the full you know video oh, yeah. or whatever all that kind of stuff and 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 it, it i think at that point it's like it'll be i won't that's it, when i know robin leonard hasn't been back and uh because just the schedules and the trade that he was in and but like i just i think you, you you really know what to expect when like robin leonard comes back to the coliseum or to the ubs arena whenever he plays the islanders again it's like it's going to be very emotional and he's a guy who really wears the emotion on his sleeve but for thomas grace i don't even know if he'd acknowledge the crowd because i don't know if he'll notice <laughs> it's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah right he might not even be playing that night he might be sitting yeah. on the bench but you know Leonard I, I totally forgot about him too like he just signed a new contract with the an extension with the uh Golden Knights and oh yeah we talked about it last week like he still thanked Long Island fans he just signed with the third the second team he played with since he left um and yeah he his his connection with the Islanders is 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 you know well established and uh, Grice had a cool thing on his Instagram uh, which is again more than you would think that he would have actually done. Uh, but uh, yeah, it it was um, you know it, he's he's a very rare guy in that again most goalies are very odd people. But Grice is the exact opposite. He's like just you now you know I'm sure somebody's listening to this thinking like well that made him boring and yeah it was boring. But like how many goalies have been boring? And I'm looking at this list of the I'm looking at the various lists on HockeyReference.com of like you know where Grice lands on a lot of these career lists he's fifth all time for the team in wins and the guys ahead of him or basically the guys ahead of him on just about every list billy smith chico resh rick DiPietro, kelly rudy like none of those guys are guys you would call boring you know i mean even rudy had the headband you know smith and resh obviously are one of you know we know well about and rick i mean rick is anything but boring you could call him a lot of things but boring is not one of them but you know there's thomas grice right behind them uh, with 101 wins. I mean, he, he went 101 and 60 uh, in his career with the Islanders, which is remarkable. Like, that's crazy. Now he's going to be behind Billy. Everybody's behind Billy Smith on all these lists because Smith played with the team for like 14 years. But it's pretty crazy how he's up, you know, even games played. He's fifth all time behind those same four guys. Goals against. He's sixth all time. He's seventh all time because you throw Healy and Sallow in there too. Um, save percentage. Thomas Grice is number one. 915 save percentage in his Islanders career. He's two two ahead of Yaro Halak, who is 913. And Chico Resch is 911. Like, I mean, all these years, Chico Resch was traded in 1980, and he's still the Islanders' all-time leader in save percentage. And and let me tell you something, 911 for a dude who played in the 70s is really, really good. Like Chico Resch is no joke. That guy was really good. Um yeah. and then goals against the average, Grice again is fifth, uh, behind Nabakov, Osgood, and Halak. Um, so yeah, all those guys, you know, Rick is a whole separate issue we've talked about <laughs> a lot and you know it's not much to really say um but he had his moments and he was there a long time but you, you can't argue with with the bang you talk about bang for buck i guess is what i'm trying to say thomas grice is not only one of the best islanders of goalies of all time but it's probably the best free agent signing they've had yeah. of all time i mean <laughs> there's not a whole lot to pick from yeah what do you who who else like who else comes even comes close you know it's just not it's not, it's not even close. He he was great. Um, yeah, and he won he won game seven. I mean he's he's won two right. series series clinching games for a team that 
has had what four or five since 1993 now. And um, it's, it's, I don't like one thing that's great about Islander fans is that um, they, they really do not forget like what, no matter what side of the ledger you're on, you know, whether you're, you're a villain or a hero, they won't forget. And you, your, your achievements might be marginal in like the big picture of the league and sports in general, but to Islander fans, they're really not like Thomas Grice is, might you know he people might not realize out you know in, in Vancouver might not realize how how good he's been for the Islanders but uh the Islander fans will definitely never forget and when Thomas Grace comes for alumni day or whatever in 20 years from now mm. people are gonna love him and they're you yeah. know he, they, he'll be he'll be revered and uh just because of he's given a, a franchise that uh was has been lacking joy and stability some of that so uh, that that poke check on like he and that's the thing like he's a boring guy but he's he's provided a lot of moments and um you know the poke check on Crosby uh is definitely sure. probably the the, the land penalty one. shot yep. Markov penalty shot in the playoffs against the Panthers you know in overtime that was a big one too yep. um yeah and then they're coming in on on game seven like you said against the Flyers like he just came in after you know sitting on the bench for God knows how long and just shut him down shut him out yeah I shut mean how out. many goalies <laughs> in the league like think you know we talked. I was talking about like Andy Green being the best player in the, the league at what he does, and Josh Bailey kind of doing the same. Like, how many players in the NHL or goalies in the NHL like would would be trusted in that situation where you're like you're the backup and uh, you're basically th- thrown in for the for for a series clincher after you know playing very sporadically uh, in in the situation, <laughs> especially in the bubble situation, like. How, who who would be confident in their in their number two goalie to do that? I don't really know many teams that would be. Uh, and but his his personality is such that you you did you believed in him. Like you just like well, yeah. you, if you know one thing, you know that Thomas Grice is not going to be like overwhelmed by the situation just because like the building would need to be burning down for him to maybe show a little bit of emotion. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah. He's very unique in that way. It wasn't a situation like a lot of teams go through where you put it in the backup and it's like it's oh Michael my god. Yeah, right, you know, what you're like this guy earth? needs to stand on his head and pull a yeah. rabbit out of his ass to to right. do something like Thomas Grice the, just needed to be Thomas Grice. And the Lightning are starting Louis Domingue in Game Seven. <laughs> what? Like, why? Yeah, Grice was never really like a true backup. He was always the one A or one B, really, mostly one B, quite frankly. And again, it served his personality really, really well. One thing though, I I, I don't hope this happens, but I I just again had a bit of a flashback. This isn't the first Islanders legend we've seen in the re- recent years sign with the Red Wings. Of course, one of them being Franz Nielsen. And immediately that did not go well for poor Franz or the Red Wings. And, you know, I can imagine a lot of Red Wings fans being like, you know, gr- you know the team is not going to be good. Grice, is, it's very possible that his stats and his record are completely underwater whenever the first season, the next season starts very quickly. And I can imagine a lot of Detroit fans being like another goddamn Islander. Stop signing guys from the Islanders. These guys suck. Meanwhile, you know, Islanders fans love those guys, you know, cause for them, they, they played really well. So hopefully that doesn't happen to with them. You got Franz Nielsen and Val Philpola down the middle and yeah. Grice is the bottom of the spine. I do. You know, I think one other thing about Grice is he's had like these really cool helmets, uh, masks, I think, um, with like the, the zombie or not a zombie, but like the monster kind of guy and they're very fisherman logo heavy. I, I want to see what he does with the, the red and white color scheme, maybe an octopus and um, that'd be good. <laughs> oh and, yeah. You know what? I guess if, 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 you know, the red wings throw octopus octopi on the ice and the, the, the predators throw catfish, what would, 
if the Islanders started throwing things on the ice at oh, UBS geez. Arena, what this would it be? I don't, a bagel? I don't even want to talk about this. I don't. Yeah, bagels would probably be a good one. I mean, we've been known to throw lots of stuff on. Yeah, this. of course. I mean, it would be a beer, it'd be a beer <laughs> bottle, of course. It would be, it'd be, a, it'd be an empty beer, and it'd be at the direction of, of a ref or something. But, but uh, I mean, it might be a snake thrown a, a certain, snake, yeah, a certain player. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, well, I, yeah, I'm interested to see his mask. I bet there would be because you know, he had the. Did he have the uh, like the abominable snowman type yes. of thing? He they yeah. could probably do that for the Bruins too. I know that Cam Talbot had the Ghostbusters mask when he played with the Rangers, and then he got traded to the Ed- the Oilers, and he still had a Ghostbusters mask. So I mean, it's like, <laughs> I guess it's up to him. And they, again, they have plenty of time to figure it out because we don't know when the next season is going to start. Um, speaking of arenas and uh, and throwing things out, we'll we'll close out with a little UBS arena talk um, while free agency day was getting kicked off. I don't know if this was a pre-planned thing or. The Islanders trying to distract their fans from the fact that they weren't signing anybody for a couple of days. Uh, there was what was called a topping off ceremony. I guess the final uh, steel girder was going into place over at UBS Arena. They had a bunch of guest speakers. Gary Bettman was there. You know, I, I, Lou Lamarello, I guess. I don't think he was there, but uh, a couple of team guys were there. Uh, John Le- John Ledecky was there. Tim Lightwicky, those those big shots, and then uh, some press and I guess season ticket holders were all there. Um, oh, um, Butch Goring, John Tonelli, Clark Gillies other guys I'm probably forgetting signed that the girder and it went up into the air and it, you know, will be uh, welded into place. And now they can start putting the roof on and stuff. And um, you know, I mean, this construction has been going on for a long time throughout the pandemic. There was a pause, but they started again and we've been monitoring it for over time. But if you haven't looked at it recently, it's really, it's coming together in a way that's almost like, there are more and more of these sort of pinch me moments. Like I thought to myself a Friday watching this live stream that this is a bit of a pinch me moment. Like, yes, I know this building is going up, but it's like, holy crap, we're like at the roof stage right now. You know, where if you saw the Islanders posted some pictures uh, on Twitter, I believe of the walls, the outside walls going up, the facade, you know, with the brick and the, the arches and everything. And you're just like, oh my God, this is like one step closer to being reality. And it's soon they're going to close up the roof and, They'll start finishing out the plumbing, putting in the electrical, all that other stuff. And, you know, the uh, opening date is still, as of right now, 2021 season. So it could be just a a year from now, we could be sitting in that arena and the saga will finally, irrevocably, absolutely (laughs) have been dead and we will all be happier for it. And it's just, it's again, like I know the thing's going up. I've been watching it go up, but like watching it in this case, like that's the final girder going up and they can start moving on and this other stuff is is pretty remarkable and it's it's fun. That that's been a fun thing to say. Again, talk about stuff that nobody really understands. I mean, if you're not an Islanders fan, this isn't a big deal to you, but to us, this is everything, you know. It's dwarfs everything else around it. The I've driven past it a couple of times in the uh the last time I was driving uh back with with a friend and we just started laughing cuz it's just like you just can't help but to laugh when you see like this what looks to be a state of the art building going up in, in, in Belmont and belongs to the New York Islanders. And it's just, it looks big. And you're like, this, I can't believe it. And, and the thing that looks great so far is for when someone, uh, my buddy from Montreal was like, you know, what, what, what do you want the building to look like? And I said, I could care less. I could give a shit what it looks like <laughs> on the outside. All I care about is if you take what the, if you basically took Nassau Coliseum's like bowl structure and just built around it, you know, that's basically what, all you need to do. Cause the site, you know, you want to keep the sight lines and everything. And that's hopefully what it looks like. It looks like 
right now that it's pretty pretty clear that the the scoreboard is centered uh and 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 that the sight lines are good and there's going to be no weird views and uh it's it is it, it's like it is a pinch me moment and and i know we've, we've said a hundred times on the show that i'm not going to feel feel that the i'm not going to close the door on the islanders arena saga until i'm sitting in a seat and watching an islanders hockey game in, right. in ubs arena or as i want it to be called the house that john tavares didn't build that i really <laughs> hope that that moment is, is coming in a year and it, it feels it it's pinch. It's the fact that it's this close is the pinch me moment. Uh, when you actually sit in the seat, when you're actually sitting down in, in the seat, uh, that will be like the brick hitting you in the head moment. Like, Holy crap, this is actually <laughs> happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. And, and if you notice too, cause they, I mean, they put out the videos and stuff and they had a couple of like walkthroughs um, the seats. I mean, they're not going to be bleacher seats, but you can kind of already see, so the bleacher area go up where they're going to install all the seats, uh, which is another kind of a cool thing. But you could also see the, you know, the beginnings, the the roof, you know, the beginnings are sort of there. And it seems as if it will be a very, very low roof, which is something that I know John Ledecky at some point talked about, because that's what gives Nassau Coliseum that that din, that loud, you know, uh, sound is the roof is very, very low. And I mean, if you've ever sat in the last row at Nassau Coliseum, and I know I ha- I did a lot when uh, I was in college and those seats were like discounted very much. <laughs> it's the cheapest way to get into a building. Um, you know, it's it's very low. It's literally right on top. You can reach your hand up and touch it. And I, it feels like this is going to be very similar to that. And it's going to give it that same sort of dull roar that is constantly going on and really made the Coliseum a hard place to play for a lot of people. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's would be really hard to get it wrong. It's like building an arena right. for the Islanders. Like, yeah. that's, that's the funny thing about Barclays center. And I know it wasn't built for us and, but it's really hard to like disappoint us because we've been disappointed by everything to this point. So like, all you really needed to do was like, all right, sit down with an Islander fan and say, what do you want? They're like, I just want to be able to watch the game and cheer from the team. I root for it really could care less about, you know, sweets and all that stuff. And like, obviously that stuff is where the money's made, but like, as long as, as long as that stuff, like those simple check marks are checked off, like you're going to have a happy fan base. And yeah. So without they didn't galaxy brain it. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like they're trying to like some some interesting uh, like technological stuff with. I remember them talking about like jerseys where like you can change. You can be like wearing a Josh Bailey jersey one day, and then the next day you'll be wearing a JG Peugeot jersey. I don't. They haven't haven't heard much more about them. Uh, those like yeah. LED jerseys or whatever. But uh, as long as as long as they they cater to the very simple needs, they want a, a fun building where it's loud and you can see the entire game from. Yes. The, the drop of the puck to the to the final horn and that horn better sound like a foghorn it's, it's <laughs> like it's like it's fine like it's that's all you need to do and it doesn't seem like ledecky and malkin and and the and the crew have have kind of got gotten their own way in that regard which is all you need to yeah. do basically yeah well he said he listened to him and and you know hopefully it's you know they're all got put into practice there there will be apparently i also read something that made me excited too which was a uh there's apparently going to be sort of like a fan like a memorabilia area like where you'll be able to walk through, uh, which is, is pretty cool. And I, I look forward to seeing that too. I feel like that's something that really has been missing. And, and, you know, again, we, we've talked ad nauseum about Barclays center, but it never felt like, you know, the Islanders were really there. And I feel like that's the kind of thing that would, you know, I mean, the Coliseum doesn't really have, it. it's got a ton of pictures, which are great, but you know, if you're talking about having some kind of maybe interactive stuff or maybe having some of the, not not the trophies necessarily on display, but a place where people can kind of learn about that history and learn about those players that won those trophies. Uh, that would be kind of neat and see some more 
more historical moments, uh, you know, while you go see the current team, I think that would be kind of neat. But then again, that's that's the world we live in. We could go down those rabbit holes all day and <laughs> never never get tired of it. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, pretty cool. So I, I, it's, I'm sure it's still on the website. If you you missed the live stream, I'm sure there's a, a video of it on the website. And, uh, you know, there's again, there was a lot of people talking and th- being thanked for uh, one, you know, one uh, one thing or another that they helped bring about. So uh, good job, everybody. It was pretty cool. Uh, okay. Well, we've talked a lot about a lot of subjects. So uh, this has been pretty good. Now, hopefully none all this cha- – it's going to take me about an hour or so to edit this and then write it up and then put it up on the website so you can download it. Uh, hopefully nothing changes between now and then, but it's possible that it might. So uh, that's not our fault. But uh, we, we gave them plenty of time for something to happen, and uh, it hasn't as of yet. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and if something big, big, big happens – well, maybe we'll talk again later this week. We'll find out. But uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski with two E's on Twitter. Uh, you should read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion about who's getting signed everywhere. I'm sure, we totally forgot a bunch of guys that got signed. I'm sure somebody's listening to this going, what about this guy? We totally forgot about him. We did the best we could, but uh, Dom is all over them uh, for sure. And, and Steve and Jenny are all over them on the site. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, we'll be back at some point. I have no idea when. And uh, thanks a lot. And Rest in peace to the great Eddie Van Halen. I'm going to choose, of course, some Van Halen as our outro song here. And uh, yeah, that's uh, it's that kind of sucked. <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll uh, we move on and we celebrate him and his music and and his amazing career. And uh, yeah, while we wait for the Islanders to uh, to sign some new players. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, bye bye.